What up? This is Adam Not Cheese, aka Adam Reed, in the Noob Dev Talks podcast. As always, I have with me Jose Rivera, and today we are bringing a special guest, Miss Caitlin. Uh, she is the product design lead at the Coop, where we are working at. She is also a karaoke singer and a true crime buff. She uh, she used to be a personal trainer for several years. Uh, she finished her uh, her bachelor's in applied arts and sciences, and she did her boot camp at GA for UX design. And yeah, it's been a pleasure working with her at the Coop, and we thought to bring her in today to know a little bit more, a little bit more about what she does, what she likes, and why she joined the Coop, and all those things. Welcome, Caitlin. Thank you. Nice to be here. Well, just right. to start off at the beginning, um, when did you join the Coop and how did you first hear about it? I know for most of them, it was from GA straight up. Is that the same story with you? Yeah, so Stephanie and I have very similar stories. Um, mm. I was in the boot camp and Aaron was my instructor. Um, he came to me a few weeks before we um, finished the program and asked me what I was gonna do when boot camp ended. And I was like, I don't know, I'm gonna try and get a job. <laughs> um, and he asked me if I would be interested in helping him kind of create a company where we would build products together and then it kind of evolved from there. So what uh, what made you kind of jump between so you 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 know you did this like personal training thing and then you like jumped over to finish your bachelor's at another college and then you started the, the design what what was your thinking process or what made you change from one thing to another? Well, um, you know, I started college in Utah, BYU, um, and I I left there because. It's a Mormon college, and I was kind of leaving the church at the time, so I oh. I moved to Texas to start over, and um, and so when I got here, I started. I wanted to become a personal trainer. Um, I started school for it, and then um, actually met a mentor who was like, "You don't need a degree for this," and I kind of got into personal training, and then as I as I got further into it, I wanted to finish my degree. Um, but personal training was always supposed to be kind of like my stopgap, right? Like I loved it. I love fitness. Um, I'm super passionate about it, but mm -hmm. not something I could see myself doing as I got older. So I wanted to find a career that I felt more passion for. And then the pandemic hit <laughs> and, um, I was still kind of searching for that right fit at the time and um, I looked into some master's degree programs and then when the pandemic hit my entire client base you know stopped working and therefore I stopped working and right. you know personal training is a very in-person kind of thing <laughs> yeah so um, I looked into some coding boot camps first and then I learned I didn't even know what UX design was at the time um, but when I heard the description of like what a UX designer does, I was like, oh, that's so perfect because <laughs> my degree, it's applied arts and sciences. And basically what that is, is like a hodgepodge degree where you pick two or three subjects um, that you want to 
you want to master and you learn about them and then you build classes oh, um, okay. to fit the degree. So I did business and psychology and fitness classes. Um, Next. Okay, no, not right now. Sorry, that was my daughter. It's okay. Um, so yeah, so I, um, I, I loved that UX involved human psychology, um, design. I've always been really into art. I I've oil painted for years, um, pottery, things like that. Anything artistic, I'm into it. Um, and so I just wanted to kind of explore that. So I took the 12 week UX course, hoping that it would be a good fit for me. And okay. was it though? So that obviously it is. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so now now that you, you know, you've been at the coop since, since it all started, do you see yourself kind of staying at the coop and, and, and helping manage and run the, the design part of things? Or do you, are you still like planning to leave the coop to, to find a, a, like a final position at a, like a paid position elsewhere? Well, um, originally my goal was to, um, to stay at the coop and run design but the longer I was running design, the more I felt like I was being pulled away from designing. Um, and so early in my career, I didn't, I haven't felt that um, necessarily I'm the right person to build out. Like I, I built phase one of the training program for the designers, mm -hmm. um, but I'm not really ready to build phases two and three, right? Like I still have a lot of learning left to do. So recently I just started job hunting about two or three weeks ago. Um, even though I love the coop and I love what it's doing, my goal is to be a product designer and be an amazing product designer. And so I wanna, I wanna keep growing and I think that's gonna require me taking a job somewhere. Yeah, yeah, because I, I kind of see where you're getting. So if you're if you're in a leadership position or, or in this case a management position, you don't get to code or design as much as you would if if you were in you know in like a actual like design position. Because yeah, you're you're product design lead, but you know you have all all these other designers that are coming in and you you know more than them because you know the structure already. So you're like you're in this position where you're explaining everything but you don't get as much time to like actually design, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, which I, I can definitely see the, the struggle there. Um, how do you feel? Uh, I know it's, you know, again, you've been there since the beginning. How do you feel about the time that has passed from when you graduated to, until now in terms of like your, your like, how you're able to get a job and like how ready do you feel to, to start somewhere? Ooh, um, that's a great question. So, um, you know, when I graduated, I did not feel ready. I didn't feel like I knew enough. You know, like when you get a job, you wanna be able to, to walk into your new place of employment or maybe enter the Zoom room of your new employment, depending on how you're working, but you wanna go in there with some confidence and feel like you know what you're doing, like you're bringing value to to the workplace that you've joined. Um, and 
for me, like, I didn't feel like I was ready for that. And what I learned working under Aaron um, and building Tux, you know, designing for Tux, I should say, um, I feel like I've learned and grown so much and I know so much more now. Being able to work with, with you guys in engineering, um, you know, all of that cross collaborative stuff that we do has been super helpful for me. Um, so I do feel like I'm ready for a job. I feel like um, I even, I talked to Aaron about, you know, leaving and, and told him, you know, what I wanted to do. And so he's actually put me on the Amtil project so that I can do more designing. And just this past two weeks of like actual like planning and designing has been so awesome and so nice to get back to. Um, yeah, I feel like I'm ready. I think my biggest hurdle in finding a job is actually getting a company to take a chance on me with just one year mm -hmm. of experience. What do you think your ideal position would be? Like they're not really the position, the company, like what kind of things would you really want to work on? Ooh, so there, there are a couple of things I would be super excited to work on. First, I would love to get into the fitness realm because I know mm -hmm. so much about it. I think right. it would be a good fit. Um, I also really have this strange um, obsession with medical stuff. So I would love to work on a medical product just because wow. I have a ton of knowledge. But a medical product like what? Like like a like a band, a headband, a vest? <laughs> I think more like um, some kind of like like there was a there was a project that I I interviewed for and it was like mm -hmm. a device that um, an insulin pump, right? Oh, okay. So like building an interface for a medical device would be amazing and really cool. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it would be worthwhile too, you know, like any kind of product that's really improving lives would be fun to work on. I would love to work on virtual reality stuff or even like games. I think that would be super exciting. Mm -hmm. I haven't really decided yet. I've, you know, like if you look at my history of all the majors that I, <laughs> that I changed over the years yeah. in, in school, I have a lot of interests and I, it's really hard for me to hone in on just one. That's the jack of all trades thing, you know? You like everything. I do the same thing. I get in every little thing I get into. It's very fun, but there's no way for me to become a, like a, uh, I don't really know how to say it. You can't like dive into it too deep because there's nothing for it. But you mm -hmm. just you pick up all these other little things and combine, it just becomes crazy. You just know all these random little things and it's wonderful. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely, um... You know, in it's kind of like featureitis, right? Where you have these companies that want to do it all. Yeah. Um, I kind of have that in in a small way. I just I'm very fascinated by a lot of things. I think for me, the right fit would be a company that gives me the leeway um, to be creative and to have a little bit more say, if possible, on the product. You know, like if I was stuck at a large company redesigning a button over and over again, I would hate it's, that. I think anyone would, even if you are like a, an excited designer, like fresh, ready to start your career. I don't think anyone would want to work on five iterations of a button and yeah. all of its different states. No, that doesn't sound like too much fun. 
<laughs> no, not at all. I mean, it's fine if it's if it's if it's if it's what it's you pain. have to do <laughs> to like make your way to the top. Yeah, you know, that's like paying your dues. Um, it's fine. But I think that there are a lot of startups out there that are building really interesting products, and they need designers. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I hope you know I would love to work even for like a not too new of a startup but a startup that's somewhat established that needs another designer and i would really love to work under someone like who's an expert in the field someone like john mcgorian at squarespace um you know who knows a lot that i can learn from as i grow yeah i think i think that applies to almost like any entry level slash junior type of position because also for us on the engineering side like they, they they have to be willing that company has to be willing to give you some room to learn and, and like understand that part of your position is to learn like there's a percentage of your time that that's going to be dedicated to learning um mm -hmm. so they you know when they're hiring a junior or, or you know an entry-level person they they have to allocate that time for you to learn and improve so that you can either remain in the company and grow in the company or just grow as a, as a developer or a designer. Right. And yeah. I don't, you know, uh, I'm, I'm assuming that, you know, companies know that, but it's, you know, it's very important for us in, in our position to, to like push for it, you know, because uh, it's, it's affecting us. Definitely. Yeah. And, and it's kind of a weird place to be because these companies will say they want a certain number of years of experience. Um, but I think it's really short-sighted on their part because a lot of designers who have a year of experience haven't had the same experience, you know, across the board. Like what I've learned at the Coop has been so much, there's been so much growth there that I've had, you know, I've had mentors telling me, oh, you should definitely apply for like mid-level, senior-level positions. And I'm like, yeah, but but it's not. Um, most companies do not want me at that level. <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah, an interesting like, thing in the industry. I, I think for us, we, we've, at least Adam and I, I know we, we feel more comfortable talking uh, about technical things as well. Like the experience that we've gained at the Coop has been crucial to, to mm -hmm. feeling better. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I feel like we, we can also apply for, you know, jobs that may not necessarily be like exclusive, like for juniors. Um, and we we won't fit all of the requirements that that position might might have but it's not something that's unachievable for us because we've been in this situation here at the cooper like we have to learn new things and and, mm -hmm. and approach things differently so we, mm -hmm. we have that mindset at least or as you could say that the coop has taught us to have the mindset to be open to learning anything well it's agile uh, you know it's agile yeah. it's that's just the way that everything's run we got to pick up like anything. Yeah. yeah, it's it's totally true. It's kind of like no junior at my level graduating from GA should mm. ever be given an entire feature to design. <laughs> um, and I've designed several because there was no one else to do it. Yeah. So that's, you, essentially, you that's essentially what you need to do. So like as a junior, that's what you need to target. Like you need to be presented with 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 that like you need to design a whole feature and like mess it up and, and and do it wrong but learn from it 
Mm -hmm. um, so for somebody that doesn't have an opportunity like the coop, that's what a company hiring a junior should do. They, they should give them this like playground or, or sandbox uh, file or, or, or something. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. for them to just play with things. Yeah, and see what they do. You never know. I mean, what's really cool about, about brand new designers is like they have some really crazy ideas, you know, and if you've been designing for a while, you start kind of creating a box for yourself sometimes. Um, but these, yeah. you know, it's kind of like when I had the, the last batch of new recruits, um, I gave them a little challenge, like redesign the UI of Tux. And one of the designers, man, she did an amazing job. She put the buttons in the wrong place. It wasn't totally consistent, but her UI looked awesome. And I was like, I never thought to do it like this. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's something that the pandemic has brought not only to the design, but the engineering uh, world with all these boot camps. Uh, besides having a, like thousands and thousands of people come out with, you know, certificates every year, but yeah. also it has brought a lot of people from different industries and different walks of life that have provided new perspectives to approach the same problems. Mm -hmm. uh, and that I think that really helps to advance both industries. Um, having people that wouldn't have otherwise ever thought about doing engineering or doing design. Um, so it's really beneficial to at least hear out or, or see what what this bootcamp grad or this junior has to offer, you know, just the, the way that they analyze and think about things. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, Caitlin, Figma, I have to ask, Figma. I have to ask, I have to get it out of the way. Do you like Figma as a designer, the way you have to interact with it? Do you like it? Is there I, things that could be better? I love Figma. <laughs> there are definitely, there are always things that can be better um, in anything. I think what's really great about Figma, if you saw what it was like to use Sketch, I have not. Could you explain um, it? I have never used Sketch. Sketch is like, Sketch is okay. Um, but Sketch <laughs> is, you can't prototype in Sketch. So okay. when you create wireframes, you have to put them into another program like Envision mm -hmm. and prototype them outside of Sketch, which is hard to do. And you can't do any like um, micro interactions or animations or anything like that. So as far as like what we use Figma for, like aside from handing it off to you guys, mm -hmm. um, which I definitely think there are problems with uh, Figma on on that end, um, when we're using it for testing people with a, a high fidelity prototype, it's awesome. <laughs> it, it works so well and um, it's usually relatively smooth. Now mm -hmm. there have been issues. I have embarrassed myself in a business meeting before. Oh no. Um, we were, we were giving GA a project and Aaron was presenting it to the instructors and they were determining if they wanted to use us for their product project. And I don't know what happened, but Figma, the way it had loaded, it wouldn't show any of the images. Oh no. And so I was so mortified. <laughs> But we just went through the problem. We went through it anyway. 
I knew Aaron was upset with me. And when we got back, he's like, I'm not going to say anything. I know you're beating yourself up. And I was like, I am. Oh, goodness. <laughs> uh, so Figma failed me that day. And I wish, you know, I wish what, what Figma really doesn't do well for you guys. Mm. I think what they're trying to do is give you code, right? Like originally we thought maybe we could steal the code from Figma and, and you guys could just directly use it, right? Yeah. That would be the goal. <laughs> but it doesn't work that way and i wish that it would show markups and things like that better yeah how do you feel about figma well i mean we're here to talk with you caitlin i don't know i mean it's it's okay for me like i'm all right with it i enjoy using it it to me it feels like um like using photoshop but only using it very like a very dummy down version of photoshop and i'm getting css with it with what I make, mm -hmm. um, it's if you if anyone's used like any kind of photo editing software, you can pretty much just hop right into Figma. There's not much of a difference. Um, yeah, it's great. It's, it's super easy. I actually learned Figma before I learned Photoshop, and oh. it definitely helped me. Really? In learning Photoshop, yeah. Like um, I had tried Photoshop many years ago. Oh yeah. And I could not get it. I could not figure it out. But knowing Figma, I feel like I've been able to use like Adobe Illustrator, Photoshop, all kinds mm -hmm. of other programs with relative ease. I will say Illustrator and Photoshop, uh, things like those where it's just like a stagnant or it's just a vector or an image. It's perfect. Like the UI, it makes sense. They translate with each other from Figma to Photoshop. It's also good mm -hmm. with um, Affinity. I've, I've preached about it before, but I really like Affinity. It's like Photoshop, but you don't have to pay for it monthly. You just pay for oh. it once, and that's it. Now, nice. not as many cool things as Photoshop has, but it's like 90% Photoshop. Nice. That's pretty cool. You know what I like? I like Microsoft Paint. Of course you do, Jose. <laughs> you can do anything you want, however you want it, any color. You, you could do a brush, you could do a pencil, anything. It's not that fancy. But <laughs> well, if you cool. like Microsoft Paint, you should try Procreate because that's also pretty fun yes. to draw with. I'm Googling it right now. Like, I sometimes, I like coding, but I've also, like, I used to mess around with graphic design and I enjoy doing that. Mm -hmm. So, like, it's it's tough because I don't want to just sit around, you know, just making mock-ups of things. I like to code, like, somewhere in between. Anywhere I can get where it's in between, where they let me, like, you know, do photo manipulation stuff and make logos and stuff, and then code also. Yeah, Wait, uh, Microsoft Procreate, is that the thing for, like, the tablets that use the pen and draw? Yes. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, I've done a couple art projects on that. I was going to tell you, um, Adam, if that's what you like to do, I spoke to a man from Indeed two, two nights ago at this Women Hack event women hack event plug it what is it caitlin the woman hack event woman hack it was this like it was like speed dating but for jobs okay and um what was this man doing there well he he was offering um this really interesting engineering um job so at indeed they have like um it's kind of like a hybrid it's for engineers who really love front-end design Ooh. And they that's all they do. They just really care about making beautiful 
awesome looking UIs. Mm. Um, and I was like, huh, I wonder if any of the engineers are in that, fit in that, you know, niche. Good so I told out, him Caitlin. if any of you were, I would let him know. <laughs> Good looking out, Caitlin. Yep. Hey. I'll give you his info. He's a cool guy. He's really, really nice. But I did have this other question, Caitlin. Like, um, do y'all do designers or like UI UX designers? Do y'all ever take inspiration from other things besides just websites? Do y'all ever like look at art or like weird sidewalk paintings or maybe the architecture of buildings? Do y'all ever take into account like those types of inspiration for like web page designs or does it not go that in detail? I mean, it depends on the designer. I okay. do. Um, you know, one of the things that I know about human psychology mm. is that we're, we're programmed to look at natural things. So if you look at like trees and mountains and the sky and stuff, you can kind of draw inspiration from the colors that you're looking at and the ratios of colors. Right. Um, and so like, I'll use that sometimes, like we were doing some UI design challenges a couple months ago and I, I was just... I was just um, watching the um, screensaver on my TV. Yeah. <laughs> trying to figure out what color palettes they were using until I saw one that I really liked. <laughs> so I, I would say, yes, I think you can draw inspiration from a lot of things. Yeah. I don't know. Um, it's fun. It's fun thinking about color choices and like font choices, like for for something, mm -hmm. for anything really. If you're making a product or an app or just like a single page application, like you have to determine the feel of something and how you want it to come across. And you can mm -hmm. do that by font choice and your color palette choice. And there's just so many ways to go across things whenever you first start building anything. You can just go. There's so many different ways. I can never narrow it down. So it's good having designers. <laughs> yeah, it is tough. It's definitely tough. Um, you know, that's something that is a big branding thing is for mm -hmm. the voice and tone of the product, your color choices and your text, um, your typography. It's something that I'm working on right now with Amtil is, you know, they're very married to their main color, <laughs> um, which is fine. But I'm trying to find like accent colors that go well with it and mm -hmm. what typography is going to make them seem serious, but a little bit playful because they're very into the like airplane branding terms. And that's like edgy. That's like very sharp. Not, not a lot of bubbles. No, no, like a lot of serifs, you know? Yes, it's... they're very, yeah, they're very into like sharp edges and they've yeah. made that clear that that's what they want to <laughs> see. <laughs> do, you, do you find yourself like off the clock? naturally gravitating towards like like if you see something that might be applied design wise do you like naturally just like it pops into your head like oh maybe i should incorporate that or, or do you actually have to like actively think about it does that make sense um kind of i think to answer your question the best i can like i i definitely apply design principles into my own life off the clock like i even find myself rearranging my dishes and it's all about usability right so like a lot <laughs> of the thinking that... <laughs> what efficiency yeah efficiency <laughs> um it's kind of like i used to just put 
whatever in the drawers next to the stove and now it's like well why wouldn't the drawers next to the stove have things like spatulas and stirring spoons um yeah so a lot more of like logical intentional choices for where i put things and what i do and then um i definitely notice if i'm using a product especially a digital product and it's Mm -hmm. poorly designed oh yeah i definitely notice it a lot more do you ever look at like let's just say signs i do this constantly i'll go out or i'll see like a movie sign or i'll see like intro to like a television show or like billboards business logos i look at all this stuff and i'll look at the font or like the way everything is and be like yeah that's good but then sometimes uh-huh. i'm just like no see, that's think, not good at all that's not, I, that's I think not good that's at where all. adam and i kind of diverge a little bit is adam that, that i guess i was like the 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 scope of my question was like that natural like thing that natural instinct to notice those things because mm-hmm. i don't mind like naturally notice that but i i probably won't care unless you pointing that you point it out like if adam is like yeah oh dude that font looks so bad against that color i'm like oh yeah yeah it looks kind of bad like i'll, I'll agree and we'll agree <laughs> on, on those like principles but i won't naturally notice it because i'm like it just doesn't occur to me yeah, I know what you mean because um, before I became a designer, I was the person that did not notice. There, we had a we had a hand sanitizer on the wall of my gym for years, and I I didn't notice it until like a couple months before I left that gym. Oh I'd been there for like eight years. That is exactly oh my gosh, me. that is me right there. <laughs> it was bad. So like, this has definitely been an art I have had to work for, right? Mm -hmm. Like you have to work at paying attention and looking around. Um, And now it's funny because it is becoming more and more part of who I am. Like I'll remember what someone wore or I'll notice someone's shoes where before I would never have noticed. It's a little thing. So yeah, it definitely definitely like seeps into your life. Yeah, I mean, I, I notice the details. It's just, I don't, I don't care about the details of the details. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I I know it's there. It's just like, I don't, I, like I probably won't remember if the color matches or like design things, you know, like contrast mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like I, I just probably won't care about it unless you point it out. Well, my thing is, I think that the person that did that got, whoever did this got paid to do this. Okay. And I'm thinking that if they did such a bad job at this, that I could do this. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, why? Well, I could do this. Come on, man. I know what looks good. If you, if I know what looks good, anybody can know what looks good. You know, because I'm not a genius. Yeah. Well, to me, it's like an itch, right? Like if you yes. see something that's wrong, it's yes. itchy. Fix it. <laughs> yes. Like it, it's it drives me nuts, and I've always been that way. Like I like things to be even. I like things to be well spaced. And then if it feels wrong, like, it makes me feel uncomfortable. It's not OCD, I swear. It's not. (laughs) I've heard it's part of ADD, which definitely is what I have. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, me too. Um, But yeah, not to, like, totally re-steer the conversation, but I was going to tell you, like, one of the things, um, back to that question on Figma. Yeah. One of the things that I don't like about Figma is that you can't do, um, you can't do like live inputs and things like that. 
So there's this other prototyping software called Framer that I deep dug, deep, du deep dove into, sorry. <laughs> um, several months ago. And if you guys haven't looked at Framer, it's very fascinating. Mm -hmm. You can actually code in Framer and you can build things in there. Um, but it's hard to use for like everyday prototyping and wireframing. It's only there for micro interactions, really. Mm, okay. But oh, we're so it, it kind of like lets you interact with your design. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And it actually so it's pretty much what Figma is missing. It's what Figma is missing, exactly. But it's not perfectly executed. If they could combine Framer and Figma, it would be the bomb. You know, Kaylin, that's sounding to me like you should you should start a company. Right? <laughs> yes! You heard it here first. Duke Dev Talks. But what would I call it? I don't know, something with an F? You know, Figma? Figma. Has to, has to Figma. Fragma? <laughs> no. Could they sue me for Figma? Fra Fragma? I like that. This is too difficult to say. Fragmer? <laughs> Fragmer. Fragmer? Fraggle? Framit? Framit. I like that. Damn it. It's like, fr it's like damn it, but fram it. Fram it. It's kind of like frame it, you know? It's kind of like frame it. Oh, uh, okay. I like it. You're frame welcome. It. That's 30%. 2% uh, equity. I accept 30. Y'all will have to help me build it, though. I'll hire you. Y'all, you've heard it here first. On the Noob Dev Talks, we have our first project with Caitlin. <laughs> I'll give I'll give you 50 bucks cash for 1% equity. Yes! Deal. Oh, thanks. <laughs> More talks of this will happen off stream. Off yes. stream, of course, of course. We don't want to share too much. Exactly. On this note, however, I think this is a good ending point for this episode. I do thank you, Caitlin, for spending your precious time and speaking with us. It was a great, well, great time. Me. Yes. <laughs> and let's well, hope that the next time we have you on a podcast, we're all employed and getting paid for it. Yes. yes. Here is hoping. You have to, um, what's the word? Manifest. Manifest. Manifest it. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Caitlin, thank you for being here. Adam. Always, thank you. And we'll catch you guys on the next episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>